Welcome in, everybody. This is John, the host of the Always Irish YouTube channel. You can find us on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher. You could find me personally at Twitter. Type in Always Irish or at JKZND4. You can find me there. This show is brought to you in part by the Michigan Sports and Entertainment Podcast Network. And this is going to be a little different if you're a regular listener. But if you're new, let me explain the genesis of this. I primarily do football podcasting. What I started doing the last six months or so is at the end of each show, I take a segment that I call Always Annoyed. And what this is, is just me ranting about something in society and everyday inconvenience that drives me crazy. It's healthy for me to get it out. The listeners, uh, the regular listeners seem to love it. And so what's been requested of me is people have said, John, sometimes we don't want to listen to an hour of football and then get to always annoyed. Why can't you just do something where you combine all the funny, always annoyed segments you've done into one YouTube uh, video so that we could just listen to it all the way through if we want. We're not in the mood for football. That's exactly what this is. And so what I'm going to do is I'm just going to give a slight introduction of what each segment, uh, the topic is, and then I'm just going to let it run. And so that's what we're going to do. And here's the first one. The first one is simply called the wedding speech double standard. Enjoy double standard in society that I don't appreciate. Here's the deal. Okay, follow me here. I've been in and attended, I feel like a hundred weddings, like through my 20s into my 30s. Some of them I'm just in the wedding, but not the best man. Sometimes I am the best man, got to talk. Other times I'm just at the wedding, right? So from all these different angles, fine. How many times... Do you get uh, to the part where they have to do the speeches for the best man and the best uh, maid of honor or whatever? Now, not every wedding this happens at. I want to be clear. I've been to some where this isn't the case. But I would say 98% everyone except for like one or two I've ever been to. This is what happens when the speech time comes around for the best man and the maid of honor. And it's wrong. When the guy gets up there. He's got to be George Carlin. He's got to be Rodney Dangerfield, stand-up comedian, professional. You got to be funny. You got to be sweet. You got to hit everything. But more than anything, you got to be funny. Everybody expects you to be funny when you're the best man giving this speech. I mean, it's you got to be Richard Pryor in his prime up there to, to grab the crowd when you're the best man. You got to have jokes, man. And then you got to make sure the jokes aren't too bad because you don't want to offend Aunt Lucy in the corner who can't hear it anyways. But you got to be, you got to put on this entire show for people. That's the expectation of the best man giving a speech at every wedding I've been to. That's what's expected. Some guys pull it off. Some guys don't. Some guys drink too much before and it's all rambling. There's mixed results for this, but there's a lot of pressure on that best man to give a good talk. You got to hit on everything and in the right tone, not offend anybody, but be funny. You know, like it's it's a tight, tight rope to walk. Then you get to the maid of honor speech. 
and suddenly there's absolutely no expectation for anything whatsoever. 98 out of 100 weddings I go to, the maid of honor speech goes like this. And then like, I remember when I was in brownies with Lucy and we were in like sixth grade and then like we were in Girl Scouts together. And I remember we were selling Girl Scout cookies. And then I remember that we were cheerleaders in sixth grade. We met in fourth grade, but sixth grade, we were on the cheerleading squad together for JV. And it was really fun because we got to go on like these overnight trips for, for camp, for cheerleading. And then we were like best friends. And then she met all these other guys and they were just like not good enough for her. And then she met Ricky. And right when she met Ricky, I just knew something was different. And then, and then one day she told me that he proposed and they were getting married. And it was just like the most emotional thing for me ever because we were like best friends forever. And then like, I never knew if this day was gonna come. And there's just like not that many guys that are good enough to be with my best friend. And, but like Ricky is just like the nicest guy. And right when I met him, I was like, yeah, girl. Right when he left after I met him, I was like, yeah, girl, you gotta marry this one. You gotta lock him down, sister. But then I got sad again because I'm losing my best friend because she's getting married and I'm not. Every damn time. Every time. All the girl has to do is cry and everybody's cheering and everybody's oohing and on. Oh, that's so sweet. Give me a break. Come up with something funny to say. It's the same story every time. We were best friends when we were little. And then like, I just knew this guy was different. And then they start crying and everybody claps. Horrible delivery. Horrible, be funny. I've always hated this. There's no standards whatsoever for the maid of honor. And a guy's gotta put on a stand-up comedian act. I disagree with it. It ain't right. Make them be funny too. And everyone's just the same dumb story. We were friends when we were younger and then blah, blah, blah. And then she met this guy and he's different. Now they're married. I'm jealous. That's the story every single time. Come on, be funny. Don't just get up there and cry. 98 out of every 100 weddings I've been to, this is the playbook and how it goes. And I've always... Shake, I just sit there and drink my drink and shake my head and go, what is this garbage? Come up with something. Anyways, so that's just me. <laughs> that's, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, but it takes effort when you're the guy that's got to get up there and walk this tightrope and come up with all these jokes and be careful how you present it, really put thought into it, and then loop it around to be nice at the end after you're mean in the beginning. There's all these things you gotta plan out for when you're giving the talk as the guy. And the girl just has to cry and everybody thinks it's sweet and she did a good job. Garbage. All right, that's it. I know that's petty and I should just be happy people are getting married and it's going great. But these are just, it's always annoyed. And those are the things, these are the things that annoy me. And this has always annoyed me. So there, now I got it. Now. Pay attention the next wedding you're sitting through and tell me this doesn't happen this way. Every once in a while, you'll find a one girl who's funny and it really adds to it and stands out a lot because there's, there's so many that aren't. 
So I get, I credit, I've been to a couple where they do great and they deliver and it's funny. And those are the best ones, but it's two out of every hundred. The other 98 are just crying the same routine. All right. Next week. A night at the movies. This is so simple. But uh, so I'm a person, generally speaking, I don't like people. Uh, I don't like the public. And my job, I work with the public every single day. Maybe that's why I don't have patience anymore for it. But generally speaking, I dislike people. I find them annoying and dumb and in my way. Uh, and I, I just, I don't like people. That being said, as on demand and all these things come up on your TV, I have not found it necessary to go to the movies for like five years. Why would I need to, right? You could do it from your couch, order the movie for five bucks before it comes out for free. Watch it. It's comfortable. It's free. You're five bucks, cheap, whatever. That being said, every once in a while for date night, you just want to get out, go do the old school dinner and a movie, your significant other, you're dating somebody, whatever it is, you want to do that. I understand that. And if there's no games I need to watch, I'm fine doing that. So Friday night, we're doing dinner and a movie. Um, there's no games I needed to watch as golf and all Saturday. Perfect. Dinner, go to dinner, fine. Go into a movie. And um, I didn't really realize this because I'm out of the movie game. The movie going ex experience has totally changed. So now they have where you don't go to the window and get a physical ticket and get there early and get your seat. Now they have like these recliners and, then, and they're comfortable, but you go online and reserve and pick out the seats you want and reserve them for the movie. Your ticket is then digital on your device, right? Now already that makes me feel kind of weird. I'm not a big fan of sitting in a, a recliner that some slob with lice was in the movie before me, just relaxing in their sweatpant cutoffs, sweating. You, you know what I mean? They're swamp ass and they're in that. So I already don't love the idea of some comfy recliner that some slob was in right before me. But I, whatever, fine, not a big deal. I could live with it. So, so fine, that, that's what we're gonna do. So, so then I start thinking, now, wait a second. If I have a reserved seat, why do I need to get there and watch 25 minutes of garbage ass previews for things I'm not interested in and they're blasting them all loud? And I'm thinking we could just skip that because we have reserved seats. I know the previews are 22 to 25 minutes. So I'm going to show up right towards the end of them, go to my reserved seat and watch the movie. Wrong, wrong. Here's number one. Number one, the digital scanner had a problem with the digital tickets. So everybody wants to do this paperless world. Well, when you get up there, oh, this isn't reading it. Are you sure you bought these tickets? Whatever. Are you kidding me? I don't have patience for this. Yes, I bought the tickets. It's right here on my phone. What do you mean your scanner isn't working? Make it work. So problem with that. That's number one, inefficiency. Number two, 
So that was before we even got to that point. Number two, a popcorn and two drinks, $21. Nachos and a drink, $15. A thing of candy, $5. You must be outside of your mind if you think I'm paying that for popcorn and a Coke. Call me cheap all you want. I'm not even complaining about $9 for the actual tickets to the movie. That's totally fine. I'm cool with that. It's a cheap night out, really. I, I have no problem with that cost. But if you think I'm paying $21 for a large popcorn and two drinks, you're outside of your mind. It ain't happening. So that's absurd. So, so then I'm already a cheapskate because I'm pissed off about those ridiculous prices for stuff I could smuggle into my shorts from home. That's number one. And number two, the scanner not working for your new age digital stuff because everything's got to be digital because it's more efficient, right? Apparently not. Scanner doesn't work. Are you sure you paid? Are you trying to sneak it? What are you talking about? So then I get into the theater just like I planned on with the time on the previews about to run out just in time for the main show to start, which is exactly what I planned for. Now, the problem with this is, sure enough, some punk kids are in my reserved seats. What is the point of reserving that stuff online if other people aren't going to respect the process? So sure enough, there's no workers down there. I'm not trying to cause an issue. But now I'm the one coming in kind of late, but before the main show starts, who's saying to these kids, dudes, you're in my seats. Oh, no, I'm not. Yeah, you are. Can you read A, B, C, D, 11, 12? These are my two seats that you are currently reclining in. Soaking your greasy, grimy, white trash skin into where I need to sit. I got a problem with this. So now I already got an issue with these two 17-year-old punk kids of me saying, no, you are in my seats. Oh, uh, I don't think so, man. What, what aisle is this? Yeah, you're in my seat. Get out. So then we got to go through that. And people are looking at me like, I don't know where my seat is. No, it's these guys. So don't tell me to sit down because I'm standing. Tell these kids to get out of my reserved seats. So again, that's strike two with the technology. One, your scanner didn't work right. And two, the reserved seating is not going smoothly. Now I'm not in the, move, in the mood for a movie. So then that gets situated. Eventually, the kids were just trying to move up and get better seats. So eventually they left. But I'm already annoyed for having to even deal with that. Because the whole point of reserving seats is to not deal with that. Then the movie starts. And every little social nuance thing that drives me crazy and makes it reaffirms why I prefer to watch movies on the couch with my dog. You got the loud eater, you know, the person you can hear a munching on their their whoppers and crunching down on their nachos the whole time, loud as can be. Must have been a never-ending plate of nachos. That's annoying. Almost worse than that are the people who can't figure out either how to open a bag of candy or chips or whatever, or every time they did it, they were reaching into an endless bag. I'm talking... 
seriously for two and a half hours. This. All of this just to get a Twizzler. Seriously. All that noise the whole time. Dig it in there. Come on. Driving me nuts. Then, of course, you have the people who have to pee every two minutes, so they're walking in front of you, nudging by you, because they got to go pee every two minutes, apparently. That's annoying. Then you have the people who insist on laughing at things that are, aren't funny, like things in the movie that weren't intended to be funny, and you got some guy <laughs> in the background. That annoys me. I don't care. Good for him. He had fun. But it annoys me that he's laughing out loud at things that are not funny or meant to be funny. That annoys me, too. Sorry, it just does. Don't get me started and all the dings and bells from all the text messages, the people on their phone, the people texting and it's bright, you know, the, but you hear phones going off the whole time. That's annoying. Okay. The people talking amongst their group, you know, you got a group of kids in there and they're talking to each other the whole time. You can hear it. That's annoying. Even more annoying than that are the people that are yelling at the movie, you know, like, oh, duck, run. Like, dude, nobody wants your commentary on the movie. Shut the hell up and just sit there. I don't want to hear you calling out the play by play of the movie. Shut the hell up. And on top of it, I felt like I was on every airplane I'm ever on where I got some kid kicking my seat the whole time from behind. Okay? So when I look at all of this in totality, it reminded me why I stay at home, order a movie for $5, make my own popcorn, and just sit there in peace and quiet away from the public, which is just how I want it. I honestly tried to give it a chance and go in with an open mind, but from every turn, I was reminded of why I don't do this. Every single stop along the way had a problem that annoyed me. Every single one. Nobody's got patience for that. Well, maybe a lot of people do. Maybe I just don't. Maybe I'm the problem here. But that entire thing annoyed me. It just did. What do you guys think? Is it just me? You can tell me if it's just me. Tell me. I can deal with it. I know I'm not the easiest guy to get along with. I know that I'm quirky. I have certain things that set me off. Tell me if it's me or if this stuff's ridiculous. That's it. That's all I got. Let's talk after New Mexico. Next up, karaoke. It's thoroughly annoyed me my entire life. Something that I don't understand how anyone could possibly enjoy in any way. This is something that I avoid socially uh, at every possible opportunity. I make sure to never put myself in a position to be subjected to this. Um, I think it is just awful for society. I don't know how anybody could enjoy it. Uh, I just think it's terrible. And what am I talking about? I am talking about karaoke. I don't, uh, I don't understand it. I don't understand the appeal of it. Uh, I think it is, it is one of the worst inventions in the world. Uh, listen, if you want to turn on any horrible song and get drunk and sing it in the privacy of your own living room, 
by all means, go ahead and do it. I don't care about that. But when you want to go in public and make other people hear you, I got problems with this. So here, here's where we're going to start with it. Number one is, here, here's the first problem. 99.9% of songs sung in a karaoke situation are already atrocious, even when sung by the actual band or artist singing them naturally. Not you and your dumb, drunk, idiotic friends on a night out. I'm talking about the actual groups. So that's the first problem I have is most songs selected for karaoke are already shitty on their own in their original version with professional singers. So that's where we need to start. These songs are already garbage. They're already not good when they're sung by the actual artist. So then you and your group of dumb, hammered, it's always dumb groups of big white idiots. That's who sings karaoke that I see everywhere. Big, dumb groups of drunk white people are generally the culprit here, okay? And, it, and then they're, they're drunk, so then you're, you're already, then you're yelling, the, you're off with the lyrics, and you're yelling them, and everybody's singing different parts. How is that fun? How is that fun? Why should I, guy just trying to enjoy a beer sitting at the corner of this bar, why should I have to listen to that? The answer is I never will and I won't. And any bar I've ever been to where they go, oh, at nine o'clock, karaoke, see ya. I'm gone. No interest. Instant migraine. Large groups of drunk, dumb white people are among the most annoying people you could ever imagine. And karaoke is a perfect example. Okay, so, so the problem is these songs are so shitty to begin with. I wouldn't listen to them just on YouTube or on the radio. Let alone you and your drunk friends stumbling up there. Now you might asking, well, John, to what songs are you referring? This is not only a list from my own mind. This is a list from Googling most requested karaoke songs. And they all matched with, with the ones that came to my mind as being terrible. Terrible! Who could listen to these songs? Oh, John, what are you talking about? Don't stop believing. John hears it and he starts leaving. I'm out of here. That song's freaking terrible. Whoa, living on a prayer. Listening to this is why John has no hair. Terrible, terrible song. What about this one? I know what I'm going to do. I'm going to get all drunk with my dumb friends, and then we're going to sing about the different items that go on a cheeseburger. Seriously. Jimmy Buffett makes a song about the ingredients on a cheeseburger, and you and your friends think I want to hear that at midnight on a Saturday night in Chicago. False. I don't. Take it off the menu. That ain't no paradise. That also goes for anything that's 98 degrees, Backstreet Boys, in sync, okay, new kids on the block, any of that stuff that you should have grown out of once you were a girl and you're over the age of 15. Nobody wants to hear that. 
okay? Like, nobody cares that when you first got your training bra, Justin Timberlake was the hottest thing, which is curly hair, okay? Nobody wants to hear that. This also goes for all these girl power songs. You know, Kelly, since you've been gone. Yeah, you know what? I'm going to be gone because you're annoying and you're bad at singing. Okay? So since you've been gone, I'm going to be gone. And so is everybody else in this place because you suck at singing. Here's a classic. You know what? Nobody wants to hear a drunk group of people try and sing an eight-minute Bohemian Rhapsody that only Freddie Mercury can sing. Everybody just starts mumbling at the wrong times because the words get all fast and they think they're doing it right and they're not. And then the song goes on for nine minutes. Okay? Not for you. Don't even try it. Now, I'm not trying to single out any particular group, but I can't help but notice the biggest culprits with karaoke are always drunk groups of women. They just are. I'm sorry. But just from my life experience from college towns to living in Chicago and going to those bars, okay, it's always these, these dumb groups of five friends, women, that are all hammered and then think they're all Whitney freaking Houston. They're the biggest culprits. And the problem also with them is they just pick the worst songs. They pick the worst songs, seriously. Uh, anything from Grease, any of that dumb shit. Oh, Sum 11 had me a blast. Yeah, somebody blast me in the face so I don't have to listen to this. Uh, that's not to mention one of the worst songs ever made is Dancing Queen. That is one of the most atrociously written pieces of music I've ever heard in my entire life. And I don't understand why every group of dumb drunk girls loves that song. It's terrible. Oh my God, let's not forget about this one. R-E-S-P-E-C-T. Why are you doing this to me? No, no, just no. Lame, old, no, get off the stage. And then this girl's favorite, which is a atrocious song on its own. That's stupid. All the single ladies, all the single ladies. That is the most annoying hook I've ever heard. That song is terrible. It was when it was popular, and it certainly is when you're heard of drunks try and sing it. Terrible. You're going to stay a single lady if you keep going to public making people listen to this garbage. Stop it. You want me to keep going with bad female karaoke songs? How about this? Something, something, girls just want to have fun. Well, why don't you have fun somewhere where it doesn't affect me by having to listen to your shitty voice? Why don't you go have fun and do that? Stupid song. Oh, I will survive. Well, I don't think my eardrums will if you're going to keep looking like you're going to eat the microphone like it's a corn dog while you're trying to sing 20 margaritas deep. I don't think I'm going to survive. How about that for I will survive? Ooh, what about this one? Like a virgin for the very first time. Yeah, you're going to stay a virgin because nobody likes you singing. 
So you're probably going to stay a virgin for a very long time. Okay? Horrible. Not fun. Stop doing it. And stop thinking you sound better than you really do just because you're drunk and up there with your besties. But it's just, it's just not even the girl songs. People just like the worst possible songs to sing. Pour some sugar on me. Yeah, I actually wish it was acid instead of sugar so that I wouldn't have to deal with this is what I wish you'd pour on me. Go ahead. And don't even get me started on, I think, the worst song ever written that became famous, Sweet Caroline by Neil Diamond. That is the worst song I've ever heard in my entire life. One, he's a weirdo. And if you actually look up what that song's about, look it up. I'm not even going to tell you. Look it up. It's creepy as hell. What that song is about is creepy. If you look it up and know the meaning to it, which you should. If you're going to get up there and sing this horrible song, you should at least know what it's written about. But, oh, how creative. It's so fun for everybody to go, bah, bah, bah. Yeah, real creative. Horrible song. I hate that song. I've always hated that song. It's terrible. Neil Diamond's terrible. And you singing it, and it's, no, no, can't handle it. Terrible song. Terrible song, but everybody wants to sing that. Terrible. What about, I would do anything for love. Yeah, you're going to have to if you finish this shitty performance, lady. Get off the stage. And you know the other bad part with karaoke is? There's always, like, somebody who thinks they're actually a good singer and takes it really, really seriously, even though they're not good. Which bothers me, too, because you're not good, but they're acting like they're on America's Got Talent or some shit, and they're not. They're in a whole new wall bar in Wrigleyville or whatever, okay? Like, so you have the person who thinks it's a professional performance, and it isn't. And then you have, you know, it's like a Saturday night in Chicago. Everybody's out having a good time. Everybody's in a good mood. I'm trying to drink and get my energy up. And then you got some broad up there singing Adele, depressing every, having everybody, giving everybody suicidal thoughts because she's singing Adele about her latest breakup. There's only one person who can sing Adele, and it's Adele. Or it's just always some of the cheesiest songs. Like, jeez, I just can't, I, I just don't have patience for cheesy songs that people tend to like. Like a bye-bye Miss American Pie. I would rather die than listen to that. So, so here's the thing. All these songs are just terrible, okay, on their own. Then I'm already drinking, so you're susceptible to headaches when you're drinking. So then you and your friends get up there, you're behind, you're all singing different parts, you're drunk, then you start laughing. It's all annoying, and it's all amplified by microphones. So that is a nightmare scenario for me, okay? And, and so that's the problem. Then here's the, here's the flip side problem of this issue is, let's say it's a song I actually like. By the off chance, let's say it's a somebody picks a song I like. Like, I'll give you some examples. 
like Juicy by Biggie Smalls. Terrific song. I know every single word. But I guarantee the drunks getting up there and singing this don't. And then you're going to butcher Juicy for me. And so you're going to butcher my Biggie song because you're terrible at it. And then you ruin the good song even. So then I can't get behind that either because you're going to butcher a good song I like. And I wish you would just shut up and let me listen to Juicy. Even like Sweet Home Alabama is a decent, at least that's an actual rock and roll song. Okay, with a good riff. You're just, you're going to ruin it because you can't sing it right. You're going to ruin it. So I guess I really don't know what to say. I, I just, I hate the entire exercise. Most of the songs are trash on their own. Add in alcohol and a big group of dumb white people in a room with a microphone and an amplifier. And it's just going to end bad and be annoying. And even the good songs, they're not going to sing them right. So basically what I'm saying is this entire operation is just bad. It's just really, really bad. Have it your way. Yeah, I don't want to stir up anything, but this is probably going to be petty of me. Uh, some people might think I'm a jerk for some of the things I'm going to say. And I'm going to try and not be like offensive, but I, I'm going to clearly tell you why I'm taking these positions. This is so simple. Here's, here's what we need to talk about. The whole point of always annoyed is it's just this. These are these little things that aren't a huge deal, but just drive you freaking nuts in your life. Like just little things that aggravate you. And, and here's who I'm taking a shot at this week is fast food drive through places. Okay, so hear me out. You try not to eat fast food because it's not good for you. It's bad. It's I'm talking Wendy's, McDonald's, Burger King, Taco Bell, that kind of thing. Everybody knows it's not healthy for you, blah, blah, blah. You shouldn't eat a lot. Fine, I try and do that too. But you know what? Life happens. And when I got a bunch of appointments between my different office locations and I'm speeding from one town to the next, trying to get where I need to go, sometimes I only have five minutes to eat. And if there's a McDonald's there, I'm going to grab my plain cheeseburger, double cheeseburger, and a fry. That's it. Okay? And I just have two minutes to eat. It's cheap. It ain't healthy, but at least I'm not hungry in my next meeting and thinking about that instead of my customer, my client, or my vendors. Okay? So... There are, there are a bunch of problems I have with these fast food places. And so here, here's where we need to start. This is going to be when you have a small business, and, and I run one and have a bunch of different, uh, a handful of different locations, and, and here's the three, here are three main things that I need to focus on to keep my business running well. One is effective and clear communication. Two is quality control of your products and services. And three is just general efficiency of your operation. Those are just three really basic things any business should have. These fast food places more times than not fail at at least one of these three, if not two or three of these three things. And it's unacceptable. Let me explain to you why. Here's number one. Who wants to tell me why McDonald's went to this two-speaker two drive through lane? Do you know what I'm talking about? The last five years or so, McDonald's is the only one I've seen so far that now has two drive-up speakers instead of one. So now you know what you have. You have the bumper wars going on. And you have me sitting there, and, and I already have no patience for a big line. That's the other thing. If it's noon and there's 20 cars in that line not going, I'd rather starve 
than sit in that line. I'm not wasting 25 minutes to get fatter and clog my arteries. It ain't happening. If I see 20 cars in the line and two parked in front, I'm going to park my ass and walk in and get food. Anyways, that's besides the point. But at one of the, you're at these McDonald's and you're pulling up to one of these speakers to order and then you got soccer mom with the falling apart van with the 18 stick figures of her dumb kids i don't care about and she's about 450 pounds has eight kids arms and legs flailing everywhere she's sitting there ordering 20 happy meals and and three for herself and then i'm ordering a plain double cheeseburger and a medium fry and i just want to to get my food and eat lunch for two minutes between appointments. So now I have the anxiety and stress of having to try and navigate so that I end up in ahead of her, even if we're both ordering at the same time for two different speakers. I know her order is going to take 80 minutes because she's ordering 20 meals and I'm ordering a plain double cheeseburger and a fry. So then I'm all stressed out about trying to make sure I can nudge in front of her so I'm not behind that. That's number one. So with McDonald's, that's a non-starter for me already. You're creating this competitive environment with these two speakers that I hate. Okay? Now, here's the other thing I don't understand. Do you ever get behind somebody at a drive-thru? I'm talking McDonald's, Burger King, Wendy's, Taco Bell. Something everybody's heard of. And you're sitting there and the person in front of you, you, you don't see 10 heads. It's like one person or two people. And they seem to be taking forever to order. So I roll my window down because I want to hear what this idiot's saying. And it's like, oh, what comes on that? What do I get with that? What, what is on this meal? Dude, it's a McDonald's. It's in McDonald's. How do you not know what they have? It's McDonald's. How do you not know what they serve? It's McDonald's. And these people are sitting there. What comes on this? What's on that? It's freaking McDonald's. How do you not know? Have you never been to a McDonald's before? Seriously. I lose it. I have no patience. Oh, yeah. Hey, what comes on that? Do I get a large fry or medium fry with that? How many patties of beef is that? Are you shitting me? How can you go to one of these places that's a McDonald's, a Wendy's, a Burger King, and not already know what you're getting? Never do I drive to one of these places not knowing ahead of time what I'm ordering. This is not Joe Blow's lunch stand where you have to learn what's on the menu. It's a McDonald's. And I always end up behind the, in the hillbilly go, hey, I don't know if I need all that. What's well, on that? How many nuggets do I get with that? How many, what, how many fries are in that? Can I swap out a shake for the Diet Coke or no? Give me a freaking break. Know what you're ordering and order it. Now, here's the next thing I don't like is if you, some places do this, and I don't understand it. It slows down the entire operation. When I order some food at the window, at the speaker, tell me how much it costs so I can prepare my funds accordingly. So when I get to the window, I can just give you the money. 
Now, I know it's a lot of people use credit cards, so it doesn't really matter. But why doesn't every place tell you how much it's going to be? None of this pull up and we'll give you the, your total. Because then it's just going to take longer. Because then you're, you're telling them, oh, it's four twenty-two at the window. And then they're digging for $4 and 22 pennies in their ashtray. So that's horrible. Horrible. Slows down the whole thing. So nobody should do that. Now, here's the real bad part is when you actually get to the window to get your food. What did I say was one of the key foundations to running a small business? Effective, clear communication. A part of effective communication is listening to what your customer says. You work at McDonald's. Your job is to listen to what people want and then make it the way they want it and then accept their money in exchange for that good. Why is that hard? Every time I order a cheeseburger in my entire life, it is cheese only. I don't need condiments sogging up my buns. I get bread, cheese, meat. Every time I order a burger my whole life, that's it. That's all I want, that's all I like, okay? I would say 75% of the time I go to any of these fast food places, I get my sack. I can already feel it and know by the weight, without even looking at it, there's a bunch of rabbit food garbage piled on my burger I did not order. Before I even, I don't even have to look at the food. I can tell by the weight there's more on that burger than what I ordered. Why is it so hard John, maybe you didn't tell them into the machine. Bull, every time I'm crystal clear. Cheeseburger, cheese only. Why is that so hard to listen to and do? I am not exaggerating. 75% of the time it's wrong. So then here's what that leads to. That leads to my blood pressure instantly shooting through the roof because I had a simple request I exchange money for the goods. It seems simple enough to me and it's wrong three out of four times. So then I have to say, there is a bunch of rabbit food sogging up this burger. This is not what I ordered. Can I have my double stack with cheese only or whatever burger with cheese only, please? Oh yeah, well, we're sorry about that. Can you pull up and we'll bring it to you? Hell no, I can't pull up. Why would I pull up? No, I'm not going to pull up. You screwed up my order, so you want me to pull up so you can give everybody behind me their food and make me wait longer? No, I ain't, I'm not playing that game. I'm going to sit right here at the window. You can go make it the way I ordered it and give it to me. That's what we're going to do. And if you want to spit in it or do whatever else, I'll deal with that. But no, I am not allowing you to be bad at your job, make me wait longer in the line, and then you get to, you do realize all these fast food places have times. They have to beat a certain average for drive-through turnaround time to be in good standing at that franchise. That is why they make you pull up, because then they can serve the next customer, and it counts that they got you through the window in the time they're supposed to, so it doesn't mess up their average. Hell no, I won't pull up. I asked for something simple. You didn't listen. You screwed it up. Why should I help you out? 
Just give me what I ordered the first time. I'm not asking to cure cancer. I'm asking just for bread, meat, and cheese. Why is that so hard to do right? All you gotta do is listen. Why is that hard? So that's what they say. Oh, sorry, why don't you pull up? We'll bring it up. Hell no, I'm not pulling up. Stand right here. And then they get all mad and I don't give a shit. You screwed up. Why should I suffer and wait longer? It was a simple request. So then I say, hell no, I'm not doing that. So then we get to quality control. So we already, the communication's out here, and now we got a problem because John's not pulling up. Hell no, I ain't doing it. You can make my food, and I'll wait in this line and hold your time up because you messed up. Here's the quality control part. Let's say the burger's fine. You ever catch a batch of french fries, you get home, and they're all like raw and soggy? I didn't pay for that. Where's your quality control? I want crispy fries. Nobody can eat a raw, greasy potato. You know what I'm talking about, where they take them out too soon, and they're all soggy, like you could pinch it and the grease could just squirts out and you can't even eat them because they're raw. Where's your quality control? Why is that a lot to ask for? That the product be cooked. Cook your fries. So now we've effectively covered the clear communication issue that they're striking out on. We covered the quality control issue they're striking out on. Now I wouldn't bring up these things if it was like once in a, every six months. But I'm talking more times than not, I have one of these issues or multiple of these issues. Too much, that's too often. I'm sorry, it just is. Now we're gonna get to the efficiency portion and this is also gonna circle back to John saying, no, I'm not driving up and waiting. What's that? It's 11.30 on a Tuesday and you're a burger place and you're telling me you don't have French fries. I can't tell you how many times in the lunch rush hour, one of these places says, can you pull up? We don't have any fries. It's, it's noon on a Tuesday. How do you not have fries at Burger King? Are you shitting me? How do you not always have fresh stuff when it's the lunch rush hour? How do you not have fries? There's no way for you to figure that around noon on a Tuesday in a busy town, that when the fries start getting low, somebody should put more in there because you're going to need them. Seriously, that's what we're doing. You go to a McDonald's, you ask for fries, and they say, oh, we don't have those. You got to pull up and wait. And eh, wrong answer. I'll sit right here again. I don't even care at this point what bodily fluids you're putting in my food because you're mad at me for saying no, but I'm sitting right at the window. Do your job. So that's an efficiency problem that I just don't understand and have no patience for. I can't handle it. All of these things are totally unacceptable to me and not how you run a good business. Everything I mentioned is absurd and ridiculous. Should never happen. It's just not hard. So then I ask myself, well, why are these things happening? Next up, Mandels. I am firmly against any sort of mandals other than at the pool 
and at the beach. What are mandals? Those are man sandals. And I'm 100% against them. If you are not on a boat, on a beach, or in or near a pool, there is no excuse ever for any man to wear sandals. Okay, so you're going to ask, geez, man, what about just keeping your hoofs cool in the hot, humid sun or whatever? Here's the deal. If more men could properly groom to not be disgusting, I would not have this problem. So you might be going, hey, man, my hooves look fine. I trim my nails. They don't look like freaking eagle claws. The eagle claws, you know, talons. Uh, they're shooting out sideways. You got that. Uh, there's always the, the guys with the hairy foot knuckles that are just disgusting. Looks like a Sasquatch hoof. Uh, you got that ashy, flaky, disgusting patch of skin underneath the, the heel that looks like a big crusty scab. That's disgusting. You got the one. How could you like be like, hey, man, I'm going to wear these flip flops out tonight and not look down and see that your nails are long and brown underneath them and jaggedy and they're shooting in every direction. There is nothing more disgusting than guys feet. So I don't understand. Like the problem is. It's a lack of self-awareness. Like if you just like cut your nails, make sure you don't have a bunch of dirt and grime underneath them and none of your nails have fungus and are rotting off and you're making people in public see it. Like, like that's what I have a problem with. It's that guys don't take care of their shit. Like, like I just don't, I can never imagine leaving the house with my feet showing in that condition. Hairy knuckles, crusty undercurrent, Okay, just jaggedy, nasty nails. Uh, I, I just can't do it. It makes me sick to my stomach to see. Like, like your options are very clear. Either maintain and take care of them, and then it's not so offensive to other people in public. Or if you're not going to do that, just cover them up. Just wear tennis shoes out to the bar. Okay, just, just, just wear tennies. That's all. But nobody wants to see your big foot, hairy knuckle hooves with eagle talons just shooting out in every direction in public. Nobody wants to see that. And so as for me, even as a person who has good uh, impeccable personal hygiene, I will never ever, you don't see me wearing sandals unless I'm on a, in near water. I got, I got to be in a boat at, around a pool you know, or at the ocean. That's it. That's the only time. So I, I because I just, I want to share, save other people from having to see dudes' feet because they're gross. And so I've been on this for uh, as long as I can remember. Uh, everywhere you go, you'll see it and you'll just look down and it is disgusting. It is stomach turning what some of these Bigfoot knuckle, uh, foot knuckle having hairy, uh, it's just disgusting. So just put them away, fellas, or at least look down and before you go out, run a buzzer through that hair and clip your damn nails. It's disgusting. No one wants to see it. And there's no better time to address this than as we enter the summer season. So guys, be aware of your hooves. Either cover them up 
or at least make them look presentable in public. No more Mr. Nice Guy. It happens all the time. You know where I see this the most? Couple different places. One is, God forbid you're driving in downtown Chicago. God have mercy on your soul. When I lived in the downtown area, I took the L everywhere because I did not have the patience to drive in Chicago traffic. So I just hopped on the train. Um, and it took me right downtown to the loop and then right back to my neighborhood where I lived. No big deal. Didn't matter if it snowed eight inches, rained, nothing. Okay, I'm taking the L. But you see this problem a lot if you drive in the city, but even out in the suburbs. You see this, I see it most like at Kroger, at Jewel, at the grocery store, in like a shopping center type scenario. And it's been driving me nuts and it's happened to me a few times in the last week and I'm done doing this. I am done doing it. Here's what it is. You're driving and you're going to park somewhere, right? And and you see somebody like coming out of the store and they're, it's to the point where like you either need to gun it to get in front of where they're walking across from the exit of the store to where their car is and there's the drive. I either need to speed up real quick to get in front of them or slow down and let them go uh, in front of me. Multiple times, I have slowed down, tried to be nice, stopped, opened my window and wave them across, and they look right at me. One, they do not acknowledge that I'm letting them go and doing them a favor, not with a, a head nod, not with a polite wave, not saying, you know, uh, in your mouth, you know, kind of saying the words, thank you, nothing. Okay, so no acknowledgement of my goodwill whatsoever. And then that's not even the worst part. The worst part is when you know you're being an inconvenience to someone and they're stopping their vehicle to let you walk across in front of them, do you think it would kill you to speed your ass up a little bit? I feel like these people slow down when they see me doing this. Like, I've been in this position. Now, I'm not talking about a 95-year-old. I'm not talking about somebody with a cast on their leg. I'm not talking about some handicapped person. I'm talking about normal, regular people. And I've been in this situation where I'm the one walking and somebody waves me across. I think to myself, Man, that's nice of them in the vehicle that could run me over to let me walk across the drive part. I'm going to speed up a little bit. I might do a little skip across. I'm going to at least speed my pace up and give them a little nod and say thank you for letting me cross. You know why? Because it's just the right thing to do. It's just the right thing to do. But multiple times in the last couple weeks, I try and be the nice guy. I get no acknowledgement, even though they're looking right at me to see if I was going to go or let them go. I know they saw me, wave them. No acknowledgement of thank you. Totally rude. And then they walk slower than shit right across. And it makes my blood boil. So you know what? I'm done being nice. Because if people aren't going to acknowledge it and appreciate it, then why bother? So I'm done with that nicety because it isn't being appreciated. Am I the only one with this problem? And you know what else? The same thing, this bleeds into letting somebody 
in, migrate into your lane when you're driving or they're trying to merge over and you let them and they don't even acknowledge you. They're already a pain in the ass and an inconvenience to you because they're in the wrong lane. They're or they, you know, they sped in front of the uh, construction zone and then merge in front of you at the end. You let them in, nothing, no acknowledgement. Seriously, we can't run a society like this. It makes my blood boil. You don't even want to know what I say to myself when somebody does that. Never in my wildest dreams could I imagine being an inconvenience to somebody else. They let me in like that, and I don't wave or nod or give some acknowledgement that I appreciate their gesture. So this kind of stuff drives me crazy. It's just little things like this that make me blow my stack. I'm sitting there for a minute and a half for you to wander across the Kroger parking lot. Seriously? You know you're inconveniencing me. I'm doing you a favor and you can't speed up a little bit. Come on. We have to be better at this kind of little stuff. And so, you know what? Screw it. I'm done doing this kind of stuff for people. And and that's going to mean that there's probably some nice people that are going to get where they're going a little slower because I'm not letting them in anymore. Okay? Because it's not being appreciated. So I don't know if these are people who they just weren't raised to be appreciative of little things people do that are nice or they don't know how to or they just don't care. But I just think it's totally in, inconsiderate. I, I really do. Uh, I don't like being an inconvenience to people in my life. And and so the idea that I would make a vehicle stop, it could easily run me over. And I'm going to see them there, not thank them for this, and then walk just as slow or slower across while they wait. I would never do that in a million years to anybody. I would never, ever do that. Either one of those things, I would never do it. Because it's just not right. It's not right. So you know what? Forget that. So I apologize to you. Next time, I'll probably clip your ass when you're leaving the store because I'm not stopping. Stay in your lane. And this is just the simplest, most straightforward item that I can think of that I have no patience for. Uh, I have nothing but rage for this when people do this. Uh, it, it makes my blood boil. I can't understand it. I don't know how you could do it. I would never do it. But you see it everywhere. And what is it? People parking over the white line in any parking lot. Could be the airport. Could be Kroger. Could be, could be wherever. But people who park across the line or right on the line to where you can't Get in. Or if you do, you got to be a stick figure to be able to do it. Here's why this bothers me so much. And I didn't even get to the people who have a Ferrari parked, you know, long ways across three spots in the back of the parking lot. I'll get to those people later. But for now, I'm just talking about the moron who pulls into the store and parks right on the white line or across the white line. Screwing everybody else down the line who can't park in the lines because this idiot did that. Now, here's the thing. Have I ever been in a hurry, 
pulled into a parking lot real quick and 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 parked and then I got out or, or put it in park and then looked around and realized maybe I was in a hurry or I was distracted or there was somebody riding my bumper and I didn't want to get hit so I pulled in quick whatever the reason is and realize that I didn't do the best job parking yes I totally admit that there have been times where I pulled in real quick and then looked around and realized, dude, you did a shitty job on this park job. You know what you do then? You get back in your car, you take the extra 20 seconds to get back in your car. I am acknowledging sometimes this happens to good, normal, regular drivers like myself. Sometimes this happens. But you do the right thing for society. You get back in your car and you back up and reposition yourself so you're comfortably inside the lines. Why? Because it's the right thing to do for society, for common man. It's just the right thing to do. I couldn't imagine the arrogance slash negligence it would take to park like an asshole and know you're doing it and then just go in the store. It bothers me. It just bothers me that like, if this is a microcosm of what's wrong with society in general now, it's all me, me, me. I'm all that matters. Screw everyone else. My convenience trumps everything. That's the mindset I see in this country. And that's why I see the social fabric coming apart. And this is just a minor example of it. But it's, it's a symptom of a bigger problem. Me, 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 me. That's all that matters. But I don't understand how you could park like this, get out of your vehicle, know that you're leaving no room on the other side or that you're, you're making it too tight to where even if somebody could get in there, they couldn't open the door to get out. I don't know how you could know you're doing that and then just say, screw it, and just go in and go eat and drink if you're at some bar or restaurant or if you're shopping and just go do whatever and just leave it like that. I don't understand how you could do that. It's just wrong. It's you being an, a jerk to everybody else in the community. You are. You're being a selfish jerk. I don't know how you could know you're doing that and then just say, screw it, and just go in and go eat and drink if you're at some bar or restaurant or if you're shopping and just go do whatever and just leave it like that. I don't understand how you could do that. It's just wrong. It's you being an, a jerk to everybody else in the community. You are. You're being a selfish jerk. Now, the other argument is, well, John, what if I did that and I didn't even notice I parked like that? Well, that's a whole different level of being a moron because then you shouldn't have a license. If you're blind, or if you're just so out of it in your own world that you didn't even notice you parked like a dickhead, then you shouldn't be driving. You should lose your license. You shouldn't be driving if you're doing that. If that's seriously your argument is that you didn't notice or well, whatever, 
You shouldn't be driving at all. So what do I do about this? Couple things. Now this was really a big deal in Chicago because when I lived there, because uh, like live there, I don't mean suburbs like now, I mean like city living, okay? Parking spots are hard to come by in Chicago. If you can find one, they're expensive. It's a pain in the ass to park or drive anywhere in that city, okay? But here's what I used to start doing. Back when when you, I didn't have nice cars when I lived in the city because all they do is get beat to hell. And 90% of the time, my local travel was by train or cab. This was before Uber, so cab and or train. Okay, so I didn't have a great car. So you know what I would do to stick it to these people? If you're going to do that and park over in, over one of the lines and not leave me enough space, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to pull in there two inches from you so that you can't get in. Or if you do, you have to open and hit my door and then you have to struggle to squeeze in. I was willing to make that sacrifice. You want to nick my beater car's side, but I know that it screws you. After you did this to society, I could live with it. That was a risk I was willing to take. Somebody ding at my door, but at least I stuck it to you and proved a point. You wanna, you wanna not leave me space by being half over in my side where I'm gonna park? I'd pull my old white four-door Volvo right there. So you either couldn't get in or you could barely get in and it was gonna be a struggle. And what are you gonna do? Come and then be mad at me? When I'm in my lane, centered in between my white lines, are you really going to be mad at me? That you parked like that, you parked that shitty, and, and are you telling me you're going to come out of the store or wherever and then be mad at me for parking? I'm perfectly between my lines. Just happens to block you in because you're half in my lane already. So that's one thing I do. The other thing I started doing in Chicago, which was hilarious, to get out this rage in these circumstances, nothing beats an old school post-it note where you could write on it, you're parking like an asshole, be better at it. Slap it right on their windshield. Slap it right on that driver's side uh, window. Did it all the time in the city. And I would just write, by the way, hope you notice you're parking like an asshole for society, don't do it next time. That's another thing, you wouldn't believe how good it feels to be able to do that. Write one of those notes and slap it on somebody's window and then leave. Feels great. But that my favorite was, was parking right there in, in the lines, but where I knew they were going to have to hit my door or struggle to get in because of what they did. That's the only retribution I could think of, and it was totally worth risking dinging up the side of my car for it, just to prove that point. I just don't get it. How could you park that bad and then be, get out and be like, oh, well, looks fine to me. And this is never like, I never see this where there's like 800 open spots. It's always in like a crowded ass parking lot or like a bar and a restaurant. It's Saturday evening when it's busy. It's never when there's 800 other spots where you could just go. It's where that was the one left. And they park like that and screw it up for the whole row. Everybody in that row has to park off then to account for it. It's not right. It's not right. And don't even get me started on the Ferrari that's parked sideways angled across three lanes in the back of the parking lot. 
you know, and, and a part of that is honestly, I'll admit it, probably just pure jealousy. You know, you see that car, you see the Viper there or whatever, you know, and a part of it's like, you know, okay, yeah, I'm jealous. I can't afford that. But you still got to wave it in front of everybody's face and park like an idiot. And it's funny, too. Think about it. The irony in that is you spend $300,000 on some sports car, and then all it does is make you have the longest and worst walk to or from wherever you're going. You ever see that at, like, just a, sh a grocery store, and the fanciest car has to park 800 miles across the parking lot so they can spread out so they don't ding their fancy sports car. But then they have to walk a half mile in and out of the place. Yeah, it really seems worth it. Like, good for you. Good for you that you're that rich. So a part of that's probably just jealousy. That doesn't make me as mad as, you know, the people that are doing what I was talking about with the lines. Because these people are too good to even park with anybody next to them. So that usually isn't even an issue. Because they won't even park by other cars. So you usually only see that one when there is open spaces. And they choose three and park across all of them in the back. So that doesn't make me as mad, but it's still just screaming, I'm better than you. And I have a problem with people who act like that. But that's what that screams. I'm better than you. I'm richer than you. I'm more important than you. All the basic rules of society don't apply to me because I'm better than you. And who likes people like that? Not me. So don't, don't be that guy. You don't want to be that guy. But I do suggest that everybody keep some post-it notes in your car. And the next time you run into this, leave the person a funny note. I, I, you will be amazed how much better you will feel just getting it out and leaving them a mean note about how disrespectful they were to the rest of society. Don't hesitate to do it. You'll feel really good about it.